1: Welcome to Financial Issues. I'm Shanna Burke. I am on the road. Well, we've got a lot of economic news out today, so we're going to spend a good bit of time talking about that this morning. Just wanted to remind you, though, that the buy list is updated. If you're a partner, you can go check that out. Um, Be on watch for your emails. We are likely to be sending out an alert about a stock that has become non-biblically responsible. So uh, we're doing a little bit of more due diligence on that. We're going to see if we can make some headway with getting the company to change their mind about what they are doing. But um, unfortunately, we may be issuing a sell alert for one of the companies. The India Partners campaign ended yesterday. To uh, We were helping them using the microphone of, or the megaphone of financial issues to help India Partners raise money. That is the second part or the the first part, really, of our second part of our dual mandate, which is to fund the kingdom of light. We're trying to help them raise enough money to purchase a piece of property so that they can continue to feed and shelter and educate those children that they have rescued from the flesh trade in India. So it is never too late to give if the Lord has moved on your heart to do that and you haven't done it. Uh, please do that today. Visit our website at financialissues.org. Click on the India Partners banner, and you can get more information about that. Um, grab a Kleenex when you do, because it's, uh, the, the details are, are very emotionally moving. And it's a privilege and honor for us to be able to use the resources that God's given us to help in such a worthy cause. So we'll jump right into the economic news. Of course, this week, the Fed announced that they increased uh, base interest rates at 75 basis points, which is exactly what everyone was expecting. And the markets really liked it. <laughs> so the, the markets were up tremendously on the news that Uh, And some were hearing that the Fed had somewhat of a dovish tone, meaning that they were going to start to moderate those increases. I don't think that's the case. However, uh, Chairman Powell did say that the 75 basis point hike is not off the table for September. He's leaving all of his options open as he wants to be data dependent, which is exactly what he should be. You know, you shouldn't say in July what you're going to do in September before you see any of the data. So, you know, the market and all of the analysts want the Fed to give kind of um, guidance on what they think they're going to do, but how can you really make a decision until you get the data? So they will be under even more political pressure with the upcoming election this November. I don't know how data dependent they're going to be or politically dependent they're going to be uh, in making those decisions. So I suspect the reason that they have only talked about quantitative tightening is because they don't want to jeopardize a lot of the elections. So they said that they were going to start to roll debt off of their balance sheet. They have not done that consistently. They have done that uh, there's been a few weeks where we've seen a decrease in their balance sheet, but there's been a couple of other weeks where we've seen increases in their balance sheet. And, you know, what quantitative tightening Does is it gets money out of the system and inflation is too many dollars chasing too few goods. So the too few goods part has to do with some supply chain issues and the the pandemic and shutdown of the economy. But the too many dollars part that's all on the government. And we are uh, you know now we're in a situation where inflation is the biggest problem. You know even the Biden administration says that it's its top domestic priority is to reduce inflation as if they could with their anti-fossil fuel um, stances and everything else and their pro-spending agenda now GDP that's the big news out so the markets popped the Nasdaq was up and the S&P was up so the markets really liked what they saw with the Fed but we just got the GDP number out for second quarter. And we found out that we are in a technical recession. So a recession is defined as two quarters of negative GDP. And we now have that. Of course, the numbers for second quarter, this is the very first look. Those numbers do get combed over and revised and all of those kind of things. So I guess it's possible that, you know, that could change. First quarter, we saw a negative 1.6 for the economy, and the consensus, I always stumble over that word, from the analysts uh, was that we were not going to be in a recession because they were expecting uh, 0.5% growth for Q2. They were wrong. If the numbers are right, the American economy shrank at an annualized rate of almost 1% in Q2. Following, of course, that negative 1.6 percent drop that we saw in Q1, so we are technically entering into a recession. You know, there's going to be all of this talk whether as to whether or not we're really in a recession and all of those things. It's just noise. Just you know, take it with a grain of salt. Um, inventory and business investment were the main drags, so that's not a good thing when businesses start to pull back on what they are investing in their companies because they see a weaker economy coming. And we are definitely seeing that. Um, some of the interesting uh, rhetoric that was released there is that uh, government part of the government spending part of this was actually um, not so negative because of the release of crude oil from the strategic oil reserve. So that is a phenomenon that, well, I say is not going to continue, but they did just um, approve another uh, 20 million barrel release from the SBR. So interestingly enough, and then they're going to start taking bids in the in the, aud- in the fall of this year to replenish what they've released. That will be very interesting. Um, so my opinion is that part that a big driver of this inflation has been all of the spending of our federal government. And we get another $1 trillion of spending coming soon with that CHIP Welfare Act and some of the other things that have been passed through Congress recently. So I don't know how, they're, how you're going to do it, Joe. I don't know how you're going to get inflation down when you're going to pump more money into the economy. It's just, um, it's not a good strategy, but... You know, we'll see. We've got an election coming up this November, and God willing, this country will turn around. We will get some common sense. You know, you hear that, that in the intro all the time. You hear the quote from Ronald Reagan about uh, applying the same common sense that we all use in managing our government. That has uh, for a long time not been a thing for our government. All they care about is keeping their jobs, and giving the itching ears what they want to hear, pumping more money into the economy, getting more and more and more people dependent on the government. Uh, As long as that happens, when we get to the point where we have 50% plus one dependent on the government for their daily living, monthly living, where they're getting money from the government and benefits from the government, we are going to be past the point of no return. Because If this country really does stay true to its roots and we get to vote for the people that govern our country, nobody's going to vote out your own benefit. I'm Shanna Burt with Financial Issues, and we're going to be back right after this break, and we're going to get right to call and the Ask Shanna part of the show.
2: Thank you for your services, and I just want to call to encourage everybody listening to become members.
0: At Financial Issues Stewardship Ministries, our goal is to help Christians make financial
3: decisions that honor God. I have never found anyone in the finances,
1: even Christians, who have this passion and and the honesty that you have. You're not taking anything in. It is incredibly
0: generous of you what you're doing. Go to financialissues.org and become a partner today people are talking a lot about healthcare these days there are so many changes so many questions as christians where can we turn for answers at samaritan ministries we believe the answer is in jesus christ working in the lives of his people demonstrating christian community by sharing each other's medical needs scripturally faithfully
3: Here's just part of Brett's story in his own words. When I reflect on Samaritan Ministries, the biggest thing that stands out to me is that we, as a body of believers, are living out New Testament Christianity. This idea that Samaritan has adopted from the book of Acts should permeate all parts of our lives, not just health sharing. It it, it has a profound impact on people like me and my wife.
2: Brett is just one of more
0: than 150,000 members who are sharing over $13 million in medical needs each Month. If you'd like to experience what it's like to partner with other Christians for your healthcare needs
2: and you'd like to see what other members are saying, visit MySamaritanStory.org. Have you ever thought about banking with a credit union instead of a traditional bank?
1: Not really, but I think my parents have a credit union account.
2: Do you know the difference between a bank and a credit union? Mm, no. Banks are owned by stockholders, so they do their best to make profits for them. But credit unions are owned by their members, and the members see their profits through lower rates and higher interest on savings accounts. And at Christian Community Credit Union, Our mission is to help members and ministries become better stewards and achieve their financial goals. Our mobile and tablet apps provide easy, safe, and convenient banking. It's like banking at your fingertips 24-7. When you bank with us, you're banking with someone who shares your faith and values. To get started today, visit us online at mycccu.com. Christian Community Credit Union. Your money building God's kingdom.
0: I pray that in these trying times that I can lead him in a way that I know will leave a godly imprint on his heart forever. And
3: And to
1: show her how to live a life that is pure, I want her to understand how precious life is and to to take care care of his body, to eat right and exercise and
3: understand that his body is a temple temple of of God.
2: I pray that our family will love Jesus, read his word daily, and obey his teaching.
4: The values that we share should guide us in the way that we invest. Make sure that you are investing in companies whose policies and practices align with pro-life, pro-family values. Visit thetimothyplan.com or call for more information. Advance the kingdom in the way that you invest.
0: Now, back to financial issues week in review.
1: Welcome back to Financial Issues. I'm Sheena Burt, come on the road, but looks like everything's working out good with our our technologies. You should know I'm a financial advisor and private practice securities are offered through GA REPL and company registered broker dealer and investment advisor members of FINRA and SIPC. So we've got lots and lots and lots of partner questions. So let's just get right to it. Seth, what do we have?
0: Sounds good here, Shanna. Yeah, let's start with our first one from Owen. He's saying during this terrible time of inflation, it seems like a bearish market. Would you say it's best to keep new money in cash and wait to invest it when the market conditions change? And he's 55 years old.
1: Okay, that's a great question. And so I'm specifically addressing Owen there at age 55. So it he doesn't say when he's going to retire, but I'm just going to assume a normal retirement age of 65 or more. It is a terrible type of inflation. We're seeing inflation at 9.1%. And it is a bear market. So with the NASDAQ being down close to 30%, the S&P hovering around that bear territory at 20%. So it doesn't just seem like it. It is. Um, I would say no. I mean, if you've got 10 years before you're going to retire, when you look at any rolling 10-year period in the markets, And I would say that you're probably not just investing in the market. Hopefully, you're following the financial issue strategy. You're investing in a uh, diversified portfolio that has a great asset allocation, which is not all equity. The markets are all equity. So we have to keep that in mind when we're looking at the markets. When we look at the S&P 500, what we have to remember is that about 40% of the S&P 500 is made up of healthcare and technology companies. Those are the companies that have been really down in this uh, correction. So, you know, not all companies are down 20 and 30%. They're still, if you have a diversified portfolio, you know, if you're following along with a financial issue strategy, I do this in private practice. So I'm reviewing portfolios uh, every day. And since the, in the last month, as we're reviewing and it, these are mostly you know 55 and up portfolios but as we're doing reviews for a fully allocated portfolio you know we're down somewhere between four and seven percent year-to-date compared to the markets which are down you know twenty to thirty percent so i would say that it is not good to hold off it is always good to follow a disciplined strategy and if you, if you have new money that's in cash, now I wouldn't say jump all in at once. There's going to be plenty of volatility, in my opinion, there's going to be plenty of volatility the rest of this year as the Fed does what it does, uh, increasing rates, and we see... Um, the economy start to weaken every time that we get news out, it's just going to, there's going to be bumps in the road, but there are always difficult times in the market. There's always something to be worried about, but the scripture tells us, do not worry, you know, fix your eyes on Jesus, be a good steward with the portfolio, do the best that you can, but don't let this consume your time. And I would just encourage you to, to check your time. You know, as far as dollars go, we're all given different amounts of dollars based on our ability. That's what the scripture tells us. But we're all given the same amount of time. So stewardship also involves stewardship of our time. How much time are we given the Lord versus how much time are we given the financial news and our portfolios and worried about paying our bills and worried about whether we're going into a recession and all of these things. You know, there are people who spend more time in prayer, you know, one of the the shortest verses in the Bible, they always say is Jesus wept, right? Well, I found another one yesterday. It says, pray constantly (laughs) and rejoice always. (laughs) Those are two full verses, two words. So if we spend more time praying than we do worrying, we're going to have a lot more peace. Good So I would say stick with it, be disciplined. Don't go in all at once, go in on a very disciplined, regimented schedule.
0: Next one here is from Daryl. He's 62. He says, Hey Shanna, I'm probably going to be retiring in a little over a year and I'm starting to look into the income portfolio. Can you tell the philosophy of this portfolio? I see some Timothy funds in it that don't pay any dividends. Any guidance on how to transition into the income portfolio? And then he wants to thank you, Shanna, for the ministry and for you. My family's going to be in a much better position for retirement because of Dan's advice and leadership. Plus, I love biblically responsible investing. That's awesome, Daryl.
1: Yeah, that is. So I would just remind you and all the partners, too, that there are a ton of partner videos that are on the partner side of the website. If you want to be a partner, you can do that for as little as $85 a year. You can get access to all of those videos, the buy list, the asset allocation models. You can join in on the monthly partner conference calls where we go a little bit deeper than uh, what I do here on the show, the public, you know, as I'm speaking to the public, Um for $124 a year you get the full tracker and all of that that you will need if you're gonna try to follow the strategy so the income portfolio is more towards and I know that this comes up a lot so there's some videos out there but the income portfolio in my opinion and I'm not speaking death over anybody but if your life expectancy is 10 years or less the income portfolio is gonna be something for you to consider and you're spending all of your income it depends on what your goals are and how much growth you need. If you need uh, more growth, if you're if you're younger, if your life expectancy is longer, you're going to have to grow that money in order, especially right now with inflation being as high as it is, and I'm expecting it to stick around for quite a bit. Um, you're going to have to get some growth in that portfolio because if you don't get growth in the portfolio, you can't get growth in your income. So uh, I would really recommend that you consider the 65% Uh, into retirement portfolio rather than the income portfolio.
0: Good stuff, Shannon. Next one here is from John. He is 67. He says, I'm still working and plan to continue for eight more years, God willing. Up until now, I've been using the 55 to 65 allocation model. Do you think it's time to start following the 65 plus model or to continue where I am? I was hoping to get more growth. Do you want to answer that one first, Shannon? He's got a follow up then.
1: Yeah. So I would say stay where you are right now. Um, And this is based on eight more years until retirement. So as you get one to two years away from your targeted retirement date, you want to start trying to shift into that uh, that next model. But I would stay where you are for now.
0: Awesome. And then his second question is, on the portfolio tracker, what sectors are TPHD, TPIF, and TPLE? I found the one for TPHE. I use them as ETFs, but the sector designation is no longer available. What are your thoughts on that one?
1: So TPHD and HE can be used interchangeably on the tracker. So if you've got TPHD, just select the TPHE sector. The others um, are not in the model, so you can code them as other and decide what you want to do with them. If you want to get rid of them, if you want to, you know, because that's the beauty of the tracker is that you you put in all your positions, you match them to the right sector, and then you get a little bar chart. And the bar chart shows you what the targeted allocation is versus where you are. And in five seconds or less, you can see what needs to happen. You can see what needs to be sold in your portfolio and purchased in your portfolio.
0: Arthur's asking, I purchased shares of HC9 at $100 a share. At the time, I believe it was on the buy list. I'm wanting to know if I should hold or sell and what is the opinion on this stock? Is this stock a long-term hold or have things changed? And he's 63 years old, by the way.
1: Okay, so it is a hold. Um, everything that is on the broad list, unless we've issued a sell order on it, is a hold. I would hold off on dollar cost averaging down into it right now, but um, I would definitely hang on to it. There are no this is not a short-term strategy. there are There's no research done on the short term other than looking at the current conditions for the companies as to how we think that they're gonna perform long term. So when something comes onto the buy list, you shouldn't be shocked if it goes down in the short term. We're not trying to time the market. We're looking at companies, we're looking at fundamentals, we're looking long term to see if they have what it takes to generate a good return over the next seven to 10 years. We've got a good
0: question here, Shannon. Joel from West Africa, appreciate that he's listening, said, I have a Roth IRA just invested in Timothy Plan ETFs. If I leave it for the next 30 years and keep investing monthly, is this a good strategy for retirement?
1: Absolutely. So if you're a partner and you're looking on the commentary page and reading through some of the things, it says, don't ever stop. If you're in a systematic investment plan, which is exactly what Joel just described. He's he's got a set amount of money that he invest on a regular schedule. So maybe once a month or every two weeks when he gets paid, sounds like he is putting money into his investment account and purchasing these these Timothy ETFs. I think it's a great strategy for now. There's going to be a lot of volatility. There's going to be ups and there's going to be down. But by dollar cost averaging in and not worrying about it, you know, that's what the scripture tells us anyway, don't worry about what you're going to eat or drink. You know, the Lord knows all of your needs and he richly supplies them. So discipline and time are the two most important qualities that you have as an investor. Time in the market and sticking to a discipline strategy.
0: Awesome, Shannon. Here's one that isn't as financial, but I think might be beneficial for our audience. Martin on the website from Tennessee is asking why the recording of the conference call needs to be reviewed by your compliance people before posting.
1: So this last partner conference call has taken a while. So the difference was, so Dan was, Dan had given up all of his financial licenses to be in ministry and to be on the air. So like he always said, he was just a guy with an opinion. Because I have licenses and a private practice. I am regulated by FINRA and the SEC and they have a lot of rules that I have to follow things that I can say things that I can't say so when I'm speaking to the public or a group of people like the partners and my compliance department just make sure that I'm not breaking any rules I would never intentionally do that Um, my heart is to honor the authority that is set over me and to follow all the rules but (laughs) as you know there are Lots of rules sometimes that uh, you can bend or break without intending to do it. And to have a good compliance department that watches out for me is uh, a really good thing. So that's going to help. Part of it was my fault because I I did the conference call the day before I went on vacation and forgot to send it to them (laughs) until I got back. And then we've had a little breakdown of communication. That's all been resolved and going forward we should not have these issues.
4: Do you know what you are supporting when you purchase mutual funds and stocks? Think about it. When you invest in a company, you make a decision to support the things that that company supports. And it may not be things that you agree with.
1: We had no idea that we were supporting things like abortion, gambling, and pornography.
4: Thanks to financial
0: issues, we have changed all of that and have never felt better about our money.
1: We are honoring God.
4: The best decision we have ever made. Financial Issues is a ministry teaching people like you how to invest biblically, responsibly, keeping your investments clear of companies that may support an ungodly agenda. Grow your money God's way. Learn more by going to financialissues.org. Become a partner. Honor God and take control of your finances. Financialissues.org.
0: Now, back to Financial Issues Week in Review.
2: Welcome back to
1: Financial Issues. I'm Shanna Burt. I'm a financial advisor and private practice securities are offered through GA, REPL, and Company, a registered broker-dealer, and investment advisor, members of FINRA and SIPC. So, important that I give you that disclosure as we get right to calls and the Ash Shanna part of the show. So, let's get right to Hunter. Hunter's calling us from California. Hi, Hunter.
3: Good morning, Shanek. So, I have a quick question. The company I work for is uh, starting a 401k plan um, in the next couple of weeks. And so, they match the first 3%. Um, they match 100% of the first 3% and then up to 50% for the next uh, 2%. So, for a total of... 5%. It's 100% for the first three, percent for the next two. So I was wondering, I was looking into um, if any of the companies are built, they're responsible. They use a program called Guideline. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but from what I understand, it you don't really have a lot of control over what um, stocks or anything that's in your portfolio. You just kind of have to pick a plan and roll with it. So I was just wondering um, what your opinion would be. Should I be contributing, um, say five percent, and getting matched on the three percent, and then you know getting fifty percent of the the next two percent. Or should I be um, not enrolling in the plan and just continuing to build up my portfolio in my um, Roth IRA or start up a four hundred one k through Fidelity?
1: All right, great question. So a four hundred one k is an employer sponsored plan. And so it has to be set up. I mean, there are some exceptions that you can set up a a solo 401k if you're a small business, you know, just one person, it's pretty costly to do so. But for the most part, we see 401ks offered by large employers and they get to pick the menu of funds and they get to pick how you uh, get to invest. So my recommendation would be to take the free money. If they're offering you a 5% match, Um, put up whatever you have to get to get the free money. If you're very, very convicted about being biblically responsible, um, there should be some kind of cash or cash equivalent option in the 401k plan. Um, Otherwise, I think the company is setting themselves up to get their pants suit off (laughs) because if you don't give an option for uh, especially, and it has nothing to do with b- being biblically responsible. It's giving someone an option to stay in something that has l- really low risk if they don't have an appetite for risk rather than forcing them to invest. So they need to have some kind of option there, like a stable value or a government uh, securities fund. You're going to want to look for a very, very short term uh, bond fund if you're looking for a government. Uh, bond fund. If you're very convicted, you can direct 100% of the money that goes into there uh, to that. You can look at it this way. You're getting about 100% return. Well, not quite because you're not getting 100% match on all 5%, but you're getting somewhere between an 80 and 100% return on the 5% that you're putting up. So that's a great return in and of itself, and you can still be biblically responsible. The other option is just to go with an age-weighted or a, a a time-based mutual fund retire or target date, you know, where you pick your retirement date and just kind of let it go that way. It will not be biblically responsible, but that is just, you know, the Lord knows your heart. The Lord is not a religious God. He's all about relationship. And the scripture tells us that he is always looking at our hearts and the intent of our hearts. So, you know, you can you can do that as well. The other option, um, I think you're doing a great job, I heard you say that you're investing outside of a qualified uh, retirement plan. A Roth, though, is still qualified money because qualified money is, or a qualified account is an account that qualifies for special tax treatment because the government said so. Because they created it, they control the rules regarding it. So, you know, a Roth is one of the best kinds of accounts that you could have if you're eligible because of the tax-free growth that you get in a Roth account, but it is still qualified money. So I would encourage you to start building up some money in a non-qualified account as well.
3: Okay, awesome. Um, So what would you consider a non-qualified account be, say, through Fidelity? Would it be just a regular IRA or or something different?
1: An IRA is still qualified money because it has that tax deferral feature. So a non-qualified account is just an investment account. So a regular brokerage okay,
3: account. Great. Gotcha. Sounds good. I All think right. I'm doing okay then because I, I have a Roth IRA and a, a regular account set up. So thank
1: you. Awesome. Stick with it. You're doing great. So uh, one of our, our ministry partners, Liberty Council, sent out an email here recently alerting us of some action that we need to take. I would encourage you to go to their website, lc.org, and look at the information about uh, H.R. 8404 that is up for vote soon. It is misnamed the Respect for Marriage Act. Uh, So many of us Christians are calling it the Disrespect for Marriage Act. And it passed the Senate, uh, or if it passes in the U.S. Senate, every state will be forced to accept. The marriage of minor attracted persons. Now, just like in the abortion area, the um, the socially acceptable label for that is reproductive rights or I'm um, pro-choice, right? That sounds a lot better. So, minor attracted persons sounds a whole lot better than what it really is, which is pedophilia. So our friends at Liberty Council sent out an email warning us about this. And, you know, this really stems from uh, back in the Clinton years, the Defense of Marriage Act or DOMA was signed into law. And the goal behind that was that we um, honor and accept and recognize um, gay marriage and that we give it the same status as what God defines as marriage, which is one man, one woman for life. So, this, um, you know, and I'm not saying that we should treat homosexuals or um, LGBTQ community any differently because of their sin, but we should not endorse their sin. And we should not make it the law of the land that we have to honor and recognize this. And here's how this slippery slope worked. So, they wanted to, you know, they thought it would be a good thing to... Protect gay marriage. Now we're looking at disrespecting marriage even more, saying that we have to recognize and even honor perversion. Because, you know, perversion really is anything outside sex within the confines of marriage. So that sin includes adultery, it includes homosexuality. It includes uh, heterosexual uh, sexual behavior outside of marriage. It, It involves all of those things, sex before marriage. All of those things, they're equal in the eyes of the Lord. They're all considered to be sin. And we don't serve a harsh, judgmental God that just sits up there writing rules to see, like our government does, just writing rules to see how much control they can exert over us. No, our God is a loving God. And when He says do something or don't do something, it's because He knows that if we engage in whatever He's warning warning us against, there is going to be pain. There's going to be sin. God hates sin because sin hurts his kids. And, he, and that's why he doesn't want us to do it, is because he loves us. So if you look into uh, this, this one specific example that, that Liberty Council brought before us, it's a case in California, a minor can, that's under the age of 18 can get married as long as they have the consent of their parent. Well, here's an example of how that went really, really wrong. So you had this family, and they, their daughter was in sixth grade in California. They moved to Texas. They let their daughter stay with a family friend who was 32 years old uh, in California so that she could finish out her sixth grade year. That man abused her, raped her, and eventually impregnated her. And her father, out of fear of leaving his child with a pedophile, forced her da- his daughter to marry the man. She ended up having two children. She eventually got divorced from him. But her life has been extremely hard. Um, she ended up with in substance abuse to try to cope with all of the abuse that she uh, experienced. So we can see how wrong this goes. If this law passes, we're now going to be able, we're now going to have to honor the law of the land. And in California, that's what it is. Folks, our children have been given to us as gifts. We have a high responsibility to watch out for their welfare. And the scripture warns us about harming those little ones. And this is just, you know, if this Disrespect of Marriage Act passes, it's just one more step down the slippery slope of what Isaiah five twenty says. They say what is right is wrong and what is wrong is right, that black is white and white is black. Bitter is sweet and sweet is bitter. That's exactly what happens. I mean, that scripture was written a really long time ago, but it sounds like a really accurate description of what's happening in our country. And we Christians, we cannot stick our heads in the sand and pretend like it's not happening. So go to lc.org. They make a really easy way. You know, there are a lot of Republicans that are wavering on this. We need to contact them. We need to let them know that that is not going to fly. We need to stand up for marriage. We need to, in our own lives, you know, uh, defend Our marriages very vigorously we need to defend our families and we need to do this all within the confines of what god says because he's all-knowing he's all wise and he is the one that tells us how to do things if we want to be blessed in this life if we want to be if we want to prosper we need to look no further than the word of god our government although we elected them and gave them authority to rule over us we still get to choose who sits in that seat as long as we have free and fair elections which are in jeopardy as well. So we have an election coming up this November. Folks, we have to get engaged. We have to stand up. We have to vote our values. Speaking out for what is right is not uh, racist or, or bigoted or anything like that. It is standing up for the principles that are found in our Bible, principles that are designed to help us prosper, to protect us, to cause us to be blessed. So I encourage you in that way, let's get involved there. And you may wonder what this has to do with finances, but it does, it has to do with being biblically responsible, defunding the kingdom of darkness and funding the kingdom of light. I'm Shanna Burt and we'll be back right after this break. Here at the AFA Foundation, we help families just like yours shore up permanent income for their retirement years through our charitable gift annuities.
4: AFA
0: Foundation's Associate Director, Chelsea Wildman.
1: We would love to work with you to see if a charitable gift annuity is right for your situation. With a charitable gift annuity, you'll be giving to the culture-transforming work of the American Family Association and you'll be ensuring that you receive a lifetime income and excellent tax benefits. You can fund a CGA through cash, credit card, or stock. Why not reach out to the AFA Foundation team today?
0: A charitable gift annuity benefits you and helps ensure the AFA will impact America for generations to come. Call 800-326-4543, extension 345. That's 800 800- 326-4543, extension 345.
1: Give us a call and let's talk about a charitable gift annuity.
2: I got to hear how strong her heartbeat was. I was like, I felt like she was supposed to be here. And it didn't matter what anybody else told me all that mattered was that I was blessed with the ability to carry life inside of my body. And that baby was supposed to be here for something. And that was all that mattered.
4: This is the story of a young lady who decided to keep her baby after hearing her baby's beautiful heartbeat on ultrasound. The Ministry of Preborn provides ultrasounds for pregnancy centers across America for free. When an abortion-minded woman hears her baby's heartbeat on ultrasound, she is 80% more likely to keep her baby. And the story does doesn't end there. Your gift of $140 will cover the cost of five ultrasounds. All donations are tax deductible. You can help save a baby's life right here in America by donating to Preborn. To donate, dial pound 250, keyword baby. Pound 250, baby. Or donate securely at preborn.com. That's preborn.com. Do you know what you are supporting when you purchase mutual funds and stocks? Think about it. When you invest in a company, you make a decision to support the things that that company supports. And it may not be things that you agree with.
1: We had no idea that we were supporting things like abortion, gambling, and pornography. Thanks to
0: Financial Issues, we have changed all of that and have never felt better about our money.
1: We are honoring
4: God. The best decision we have ever made. Financial Issues is a ministry teaching people like you how to invest biblically responsibly keeping your investments clear of companies that may support an ungodly agenda grow your money god's way learn more by going to financialissues.org become a partner honor god and take control of your finances financialissues.org
0: The opinions and recommendations expressed on this show do not necessarily represent the opinions of this station or any of the show's sponsors.
1: Welcome back to Financial Issues, where in the last segment of the show, you heard me talking about the Disrespect of Marriage Act. Actually, it's called the Respect of Marriage Act, but it's disrespect. very, very disrespectful. Um, in the last segment, and I encourage you to check out liberty council and see how they are defending our freedoms and defending the freedoms that were given to us from a constitution that was rooted and founded on the word of god as as we have christian founders of this country even though lots of folks are trying to rewrite our history and say that that's not the case it is the case you know god god preserves a remnant in every generation and you know, I would like to say that the United States is the remnant that's going to be a friend to Israel in the end times, but it may just be a remnant within the United States that is a supporter of, of Israel and of what the scripture says and of God. So there's going to be a reckoning one day. You can't sit on the fence. You have to pick one side or the other. You want to pick the right side because it affects your eternal destiny. If you want to know what we're talking about, go to the resources tab at financialissues.org and click on Do You Want to Know God? That will help you to understand the very foundation and the basis for this program, what we're trying to do. Our mandate is to defund the kingdom of darkness because there is a spiritual battle going on all around us, and we want to make sure that we're on the right side. Defunding darkness means that we're biblically responsible in our investments. We don't allow the corporations in this, in this country to use shareholder money, which if we own stock in that company, we are an owner of the company. We do not allow them to use our money to fund things like abortion, pornography, the LGBT agenda, human rights violation, anti-family entertainment. We don't want to be engaged in all that because as Christians, we're praying against that. We can't allow our money to be used to cancel out our prayers, right? To, To fund the kingdom of darkness. The second mandate on that is to fund the kingdom of light. So the very first uh, point in, in being a good steward is to be obedient in giving and giving what the Lord commands. Because when you give what the Lord commands, you are redeeming the rest of your money. So we can either operate in the world's economy and say, oh, that's that's just Old Testament stuff that went out with the New Testament. You don't really have to give, you know, all of that Doctrine of demons that is being preached these days. Um, We want to give God what is God's. We don't want to rob Him in the tithes and the offerings because this is the system that He set up in this earth. This is the economy that He set up in this earth, the currency. It's money that makes the world go round right now. Uh, You know, we have to have money to keep our churches open, to have food pantries, to minister to our communities, to send missionaries to places. Uh, that have not heard the word of God. It takes money to do all of that. It also takes money to operate abortion clinics, to uh, put out disinformation uh, propaganda that, caught, that leads people astray into, and causes them to embrace things like being pro choice and um, allowing, honoring uh, minor attracted people to get married and to legally practice pedophilia um we have to use our dollars to fund the kingdom of light and defund the kingdom of darkness so let's get right to I think we have a, a caller in the in the queue let's go to Lawana in Illinois oh
3: good morning Shanna. <laughs> it's really nice to talk to you and um so my question is <laughs> My question is: uh, There's a lot of talk on inflation, and I just wanted to know a- about the um, macro and micro economics. And I wanted to know
1: how that um, how that works. Okay, so macro economics is going to look at the economy as a whole. Macro uh, economics is. Uh, looking at things like GDP, which is the growth of the economy of a country, um, employment, inflation, um, you know, uh, housing industry, all of the economics of the of the country. So it's the big picture, hence the macro. The micro economics has to do with individual companies. So our our indiv- uh individual sectors of the economy and looking at how those uh, think about putting it under a microscope and looking at the the pieces of the whole. So as as that relates to inflation, the macro issue, uh, inflation is too many dollars chasing too few goods. We're experiencing that uh, tremendously right now at over nine percent per year. We're seeing prices increase. My opinion a lot of that has to do with all of the money that is put in the system we've seen the money supply increase and as i said it's too many dollars chasing too few goods it also has to do with uh you know we're seeing a lot of inflation in the energy industry and that has to do the Biden administration has a lot to do with that, as they have been very anti-fossil fuels. In fact, Biden made lots of campaign promises that he was going to destroy the fossil fuel industry, and that you know every American home was going to have a, a EV in their driveway by twenty thirty or twenty fifty or or whatever that is. So, uh, political policies are going to influence macroeconomics and. You know, the financial services industry for the longest time said that the political environment didn't really matter, didn't really matter. There was a Republican or a Democrat in office. But I think that is egregiously wrong, um, especially now, maybe not so much in the past. But today, you know, when we have over 30 trillion dollars in debt and the government is talking about spending more and more and more, we don't have a balanced budget. Um, I suspect that we're not going to hear Biden bragging about how he's bringing down the deficit in the next year if all of this extra spending gets uh, impacted. So I hope that helps.
3: (laughs) Yes, thank you so much. All right.
1: Yes, thanks for calling. All right, Seth, I think we have time maybe to get to one more of the Ask Shanna questions.
0: Yeah, let's start with a great encouragement here, Shanna. This is from Mark. He said, good morning, Shanna. I never miss any of your shows, but I finally watched one of the Good Guys episodes. Then I watched the rest of them. It is a great show highlighting the good that is going on around our country by the Spirit of God. I highly recommend all partners and listeners to watch. Thanks for all you do. That's good stuff, Mark. Thank you.
1: That is great stuff. And thanks for uh, bringing that to our attention. You know, we have uh, financial issues here. If you're a partner or if you're a monthly soldier where you're supporting the ministry, you are not only supporting... You're not buying stock research, <laughs> you know. That's what you're going to get if you're a partner. You'll have access to all of that, but you're also supporting so much more. So when you support financial issues, even if you don't plan on managing your own portfolio, you're supporting this uh, program. So you know we we give biblical encouragement. We teach you how to be a good steward. It's not just about uh, an investment portfolio we teach you stewardship principles about giving about being responsible with the things that the lord has given you so if you heard about us on the radio or you stumbled across us that that was my experience i stumbled across dan's program one day as i was in the car listening to afr and of course it was my wheelhouse you know that's what i did so it really caught my attention and you know here we are today so if you are supporting this program you're keeping us uh, on the air so that other people can learn about biblically responsible investing and being a good steward you're also supporting fism news which comes on every single night at uh, six o'clock central time seven o'clock eastern time and it's a 30-minute news program it's very well produced it's it's a great thing it gives you all of the news headlines from a biblical worldview not that you get any commentary like you do on all of the other quote unquote news or the mainstream media um, where they sprinkle it in with their opinion or they twist it uh, to fit their agenda. You're hearing the news just from a biblical uh, worldview and. Also, Good Guys, it's a great episode. So the way that you watch that, you go and download the phone app or you get on the TV app or FISM.tv and you can go to Good Guys Doing Good and watch those episodes. I believe there's five of them up. We released them on Father's Day. So go check that out. And folks, you know, we have to, as Christians, if we want to live the blessed life and that doesn't necessarily mean that we just get a lot of money. I mean, there's a lot to say about having peace because you hear all of the stories so many times about people who have tremendous wealth and tremendous resources. I mean, just look at Solomon in the Bible and how he goes on about, you know, how there's nothing new under the sun. He got to experience everything. So he got he had at his fingertips whatever he wanted. And his conclusion at the end was that there is nothing like the peace of the Lord. And the contentment that comes with a relationship with Christ. So if we want that, we first have to make a decision for Christ. And then, as Seth talked about last week in the Bible study, we enter into that season of sanctification where we're constantly changed and made into the likeness of Christ. And you know how we're changed, folks? God doesn't just wave a wand and tap us and say, okay, you're you're sanctified. No, He sends challenges or he allows challenges into our lives he allows hardship and it's that hardship that keeps us on our knees it keeps us focused on God rather than circumstances and it changes us so, so that we can see the good news with other people so that we can be a good steward and you know, we get all kind of lessons from the Holy Spirit when we make a decision for Christ and we begin that process of sanctification. So I encourage you, if you've never done that, do that today. Hopefully we will be able to edify you, to educate you, and to encourage you to be a good steward because Jesus is coming back. There's gonna be a test. Let's be found, good and faithful servants. I'm Shana Burke with Honey Joyce.
3: If we ever forget that we're one nation under God, then we will be a nation gone under.
1: Thank you for joining us. This has been an FISM production.